Just bought a chicken, bout to break it down the chicken tenders Black booming, I'm not human, my drop's zooming, my eyes booming One giant leap for mankind, I'm highs moving, how have you been? All right, guys, so welcome to episode six of the Chicken Tenders podcast. We're here with my co-host, Zach Laurie and Braden Bijou. And our guest today is Downtown Sports, a.k.a. Downtown Stephen Brown. Thanks for joining the show, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun today. And I don't know. We're, yeah, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun today. <laughs> oh, man. What made you want to get into YouTube? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm in journalism school. Um, and I've always okay. loved sports. Um, so I, I've always tried to combine the two and I also have a big mouth. So I figured combining the three of those things together that YouTube was definitely a platform that was going to work for me. That's cool. I've been watching your videos for about a year now. I remember when you had like 600 subscribers. I don't know if you ever seen my name in your comments, probably, but it was a grind <laughs> for a while. You know what? It, it, I'm pretty sure I, I do recognize your username, uh, Danny Thomas Kid something, maybe. K-I-B. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Close enough. <laughs> right on. Um, Danny uh, Thomas loves kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how long have you been a Leafs fan? Um, I've been a Leafs fan all my life. Like it started obviously with my dad and then my brother, um, but I vividly remember um, the early 2000s uh, growing up through that. My first Leaf game was in like 2006 because uh, the tickets nice. are so expensive and stuff like that. And they played the Carolina Hurricanes and Brian McCabe scored the only goal in a 4-1 loss on the power play. Sounds about right for the 2006 Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Speaking of the older Leafs, we just clinched our first division title in 21 years. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people are happy about that and everyone deserves to be happy about that. Right. Like the last couple of years have been absolutely miserable and stuff like that. But I have my sets. My sights are set a lot higher than that. <laughs> oh, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, if that's our highlight of the season, I'm over this season. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, what kind of setup do you use for YouTube? I'm curious myself. So I use open broadcast software, OBS. And okay. literally there's a $20 app on the app store called iOS camera OBS plugin. And I use my iPhone to record all my videos. I have an audio technica condenser microphone and okay. it all just hooks up to my computer and it goes straight through that. And I record my screen to show all the nice fancy stats on the screen and cap friendly or Twitter or whatever I need to show. And then I just stitch it all together with Adobe Premiere Pro. That's really cool. You're like, I'd say in the top three for like leaf YouTubers, right? Like Steve Dangle yourself and like Andrew Kilikaki. See, Andrew keeps wanting to blow smoke at me, but I don't want it. Right. I just want to keep working and I want to keep doing my own thing. Like if there's, there's lots of people out there that are producing um, content for everyone right? Like some people, they don't really like the numbers and they don't like me. So, <laughs> but there's, there's content out there for everyone and everyone's doing a great job like you guys. Yeah. We're just getting started. We luckily, like we hit up Matt Stajan before we even put out episode one of the podcast and he said he was down. So I was like, okay, well, if we could pull this off, we should probably be doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Matt Stajan, another beauty from the 2006 team. Oh man. He was literally my favorite player of all time. So like I was more nervous talking to him than I could have been for if Austin Matthews would have came on. I was just tripping the whole time. So I will not, I will not agree to that one. 
Oh, that's just my favorite leap of I all had, time. Like, yes, a hundred percent. But if I had a awesome Matthew standing in front of me, I might, I might have a stroke. I honestly think I'd have a stroke if I had him standing in front of me. And I'm not even a Leafs fan. I just love Austin awesome Matthews that much. I would literally have a heart attack if we ever got this man on the podcast. <laughs> Fair. Hey, Braden, uh, you had a question yeah. for him. Uh, I guess we can hop right into that. Uh, yeah, so, of course. Yeah. You're, anyway, a, you're big in the you're big in the Leafs, and I listen to a lot of Steve Dangle, and I had not ever heard of you until Danny introduced us to you about two weeks ago when we were talking about who we were going to have on. Uh, if you could, uh, if you had to reshape possibly, or if you just wanted to, would you redo the Tavares signing? No. And no. No. Same price. Same everything. Hundred percent no, because when everyone talks about. The Tavares signing, they they loop in Kadri with it, and for me, those two things aren't connected. I think Nazem Kadri had his own things going on um, that caused him to that that caused his leash to run out here in Toronto. And if you're looking at everything else, John Tavares is an elite player in this league. He's um, to start this year, he wasn't really so hot, but not really his fault. Um, he was getting all the scoring chances in the world and they just weren't going in. Um, I, I remember because I talked so much like stats and stuff like that in my videos, but his five on five shooting percentage with the Islanders for his career was like 11%. And then he comes to the Leafs and he throws up a shooting percentage of five on five over 16%. And it's like, okay, maybe that's unsustainable, but he's playing with better line mates than he ever has in his career. So you have to allow for that a little bit, but he's not going to shoot 8% for the rest of the contract, which is what he was shooting for like the first half of this season. There's just no way, especially playing with guys like with Nylander and Marner. And if you're looking at individual offense that he's produced, he's second on the team next to Austin Matthews. So it's like, he's producing more offense than Marner and Nylander right now, just by himself. And those guys are, awesome in their own right i no, i would never undo the john Tavares signing for the toronto Maple Leafs. i think th- I, he, he's gonna win multiple cups with the leafs i believe that wholeheartedly hot take but i love it what were you gonna say um, do, you, do you think he's worth the fifth highest cap hit in the league really i mean you had to pay to get him and the sharks were willing to go a lot more right they, they were throwing out numbers like 12 13 million dollars he took a discount to stay here. So it's just like when I look at John Tavares and what he represents and just to the level of play that he can bring to this team, it's just like, it, it, it's hard to assess his game because when you watch the game, you don't really notice him too much. But if you just lock your eyes on him, when a play is going on, he's just, he's two, three steps ahead of the play all the time. He doesn't need to be the fastest guy out there. He's just always where he needs to be. And if he gets beat, he gets beat. Um, and maybe in a couple of years from now, I'll change my mind on that. But right now, no, definitely Do you think not. he should have been named captain? Um, I mean, it wasn't my like first choice, but I'm definitely not upset about it. Right. Like he is a former captain himself. He's a pro. He goes about his business. He's a model, um, to what the team wanted to be when Lou Lamorello and Mike Babcock started, right. They said that. They wanted to make this team safe. They wanted to build it and grow a culture that would support guys like John Tavares coming home, you know, a hometown guy coming home and 
um, especially with all the accolades that he's had and, and all of his accomplishments in, in, in the OHL uh, in, in international play uh, with Team Canada and then with the Islanders. Um, just, I think he, he fits exactly what they were trying to do, and it, it worked. Game home. And he's the captain of the team, and I think he's living a lot of our dreams. That's very true. Yeah, I never, I'm never judging players this year based on this season. This whole season is just kind of like, if you guys do great, great. And if you don't, like, just good on you for mentally getting through the season. And, like, it's really hard for them. They get a lot of them have families and they got other things to worry about than how many points they're putting up this year. No, and that's especially right. Like even like a guy Robin Laner speaking out a couple of weeks ago, like they're locked in their whole, they're locked in their hotel rooms. They're these these guys like if you guys know like Jack Eichel's pregame routine, like it was talked about oh, and made yeah. a big deal of a couple of years ago. But that guy like it's 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 a hundred steps and he follows them to a T every single day. Now he's locked in a hotel room and hockey players they're exactly like him. You know they go about this crazy routine every single day to get them ready for games and if they can't do it um i don't fault them for it no did you see what don cherry said about jack campbell no i didn't at all no i he he came out and just basically said that he was cocky which is like a a weird take because like campbell's the most like humble nice person on the planet like (laughs) but you know what if the toronto maple leafs goalie is cocky that's fine with me See, like Don is, Don is who he is, right? Yeah. Um, That's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe Bowen is who he is, right? And we all love Joe Bowen for who he is and how he represents the Leafs, especially when he's on air. Um, so it's just like for me, if the guy who's who's won the most games for a Leafs goalie in the first like twenty or whatever games or so wants to be a little bit cocky, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that, right? Because he back, he's basically he's backing it up. He's backing it up. I find it hard to believe that someone can interpret him as cocky when he gets so down on himself when he struggles. Like, how mm. could you ever think that person's cocky when he has a bad night and he's like rethinking his next five years of his career if they're gonna work out like he thought the day before? Like he does that. He's really in his head. Like yeah. really in his Don, head. That's just Don and his hot takes. You gotta love it. Yeah, and Don Cherry sucks. <laughs> it's as simple as that don't cherry you see but my whole thing is that i don't care if he's cocky or not if he is great but we don't think that he is you know i love it i don't know yeah, exactly. I, I wish he was cocky i fucking love it that's the oh. kind of stuff i love to see that's how i was when i played minor hockey look how that worked though <laughs> <laughs> if only i had a little bit you. more skill behind that cockiness uh, uh, quick question about matthews how much is it eating you that he still hasn't been able to get that 50 goal season? It's been eating me. I mean, right now he's the best goal scorer in the league in the history of the NHL to not score 50 goals. I know. And, and it's just like, it's, it's hard for, well, it's not hard for other teams fans to take that seriously. Like when us league fans want to say that he is the best goal scorer in the world right now, but he is. He is, and he'll get to 50 eventually. If it's not next season, for whatever reason, um, it'll be the next year. It'll happen. He's going to be a multiple 50-goal scorer um, by the time he laces him up or, or, or he's done. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about things that I know are going to happen. 
They w- yeah. it will it will happen eventually. I'm not so much worried about it as like he just got so close last year and just couldn't get it to say I got it. It's just he was he didn't get it. This year he had a great year. Like you can't you can't go well, he didn't get 50, yeah, but he had an incredible the one the one thing that would be looming like in, in, in the back of my mind like is like a small like a little like tickle or itch or something like that is the wrist injuries and it's just like but but i'm not even too worried about those but it's just like we've seen it happen last season we've seen it happen again this year but the reason why i'm not too too worried about that is because if you watch the games this year where he couldn't really shoot the puck like he was taping a stick like eight different ways he had like nine of them on the bench that were all taped differently just to see what he can do with his wrist, with the way that it was feeling. Um, But he battles, he battles. And I think that's something that this year's team, um, that's what separates this year's team from last year's team and and the year before that. This team battles, they're different. They're different when you watch them. I don't feel the same. I don't, I'm not like when they're down a goal or two, like yesterday they were down two nothing in Montreal. I was like, yeah, they'll come back. They'll come yeah. back, you know. Uh, I feel great when when Campbell's in net and we're down like one or, or we're up, sorry, one or two goals as to comparison to like when Freddie was in net. I was so worried, man. Every game that we were up a goal or two or three or four, I felt like we still might lose. But I feel a lot more confident with Campbell in net. But just this Leaf team in general, but it helps a lot with Campbell. And it's rough to see right now. Like Anderson's playing in the AHL, obviously. He's played a game and a half. And mm-hmm. he looks pretty terrible. I know he's coming back from injury, but well, I mean, he hasn't played in a while, and I mean, I don't, I, I don't really think it's fair to have any expectations of him right now. If, um, I mean, the way that I'm looking at it is, if if we needed him in the playoffs, he's another body there, um, and he's someone that I would prefer to have in net over a guy like David Riddick. So yeah, he's another body at that at, 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 at the very least. And I mean, I criticized him a lot going back to last season, like it because the trend started last January and then it carried through and we were like, okay, well maybe, you know, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's faced more shots and played more minutes than any other goalie in the last three or four years or whatever like that. You know, maybe he just needs a break. And then he comes back into the bubble and plays like if you're looking at that Columbus series, there's a lot of misconceptions in that Columbus series, like that the Leafs didn't generate enough quality or quantity of scoring chances. That's not true. Um, that they were bad defensively. That's not true either. But Columbus also wasn't very good offensively. And that Frederick Anderson's, they did. They did. They ran into a hot team and they ran hot into goalies. a goalie. They ran into a goalie who posted like one of the single best postseason save percentages in the last 20 years. Yep. And it's like, I think a lot of people need to give more respect to Jonas Corpusalo for his performance in last year's bubble. But with Frederick Anderson, it's just like, there's a theme. There's, there was a theme going back to um, the first series that we played against the Boston Bruins in uh, 2018. Uh, Tuka Rask and him were both awful. But Tuka Rask was better than him. Uh, the next year, Rask and Anderson were lights out phenomenal. But Rask was just that little bit better than him. And then against Corpusalo, Anderson wasn't bad, but Corpusalo was better than him. And it's just like a trend through this year when you're watching the Leafs is that the other team's goalie is always better until Jack Campbell went 11-0. 
Yeah. Even since the 11, 11 and 0, he's like six, two and two, which, you know, is still pretty good. He's, uh, I don't know. He's impressed me a lot this year. It's cool to see Uh random question. Uh, the Olympics coming up in 2022. Are you cheering for team Canada or Austin Matthews? <laughs> oh, I mean, I just want everyone to have fun and no one to get hurt. Right. Agreed. Oh yeah. <laughs> but definitely, Agreed. but definitely Canada all the way. Definitely. Definitely. I won't be I mad if, see... if Matthew scores the, the, the you know, uh, gold medal goal. I wouldn't be mad. I'd have to cheer. So if he scores a goal similar to, I believe, like Parise did in like 2010, you're not mad at that at all? No, I can't be. It's Matt. It's our guy. As long I'm as sure. Marner scores the overtime winner. <laughs> right? <laughs> the NHL right. has to sign that agreement. <laughs> I'll get a note here with McJesus on our side. There, it hasn't been confirmed that it's going to happen yet. They're still discussing. And that was one of the things that I've I've drawn back on this year and thought like, the NHL has been really scummy with the players this year in the sense of they've been lying to them. Like you get vaccinated, we'll lighten up restrictions and then everyone gets vaccinated and then they don't do anything. And then now they're going to, it's been announced, but it took a while and you really want You should have wanted to avoid Robin Leonard having to come speak out and say what he said, because it kind of just made the NHL look bad. You want the NHL to just go, yeah, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to get them vaccinated. And then once we have herd immunity within the teams, we'll lighten up the restrictions. Instead, they just abused the player's hope. And then now, big TV deal this year. How are we going to get the uh, all the players on board and everybody involved? Well, we'll go to the Olympics. And then the deal gets signed. And now it's, well, it's not confirmed, though. So we might not go to the Olympics. How would you feel if that happened, Steve? If they didn't go to the Olympics mm -hmm. again, I mean, in 2018, it was a weird feeling because you're watching that Canadian team um, and then you're watching um, what was it? It was athletes from Russia versus yeah. Germany in the gold medal game. And it's the like Russian gas. <laughs> the, the interesting thing that I found whenever I watched a Team Canada game was I was like, OK, Who's the guy that's going to step up and steal the headlines and stuff like that? Renee Bork. Yeah. <laughs> or like Christus Gerslevskis or whoever the, the goalie for Latvia happens to be at the time. Oh, that is an element that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. But that's, but that's, that's the whole thing. That's what the Olympics are, were, were for a very, very long time is they were amateur athletes and yeah. the involvement of pro athletes didn't come about until like the what the 80s or the 90s or something like that don't quote me on it but um i i don't mind um watching the unsung heroes the guys like the 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 lifers that have played in the american hockey league or even guys that were playing just like professional men's league or something like that and they step into an atmosphere where um nobody knows their name and they get to make a name for themselves but i'm definitely missing that best on best competition right like, like they tried to do it with the world cup but some of europe team young guns it's like it just it didn't do it for me like i didn't i didn't care as much there's there's some sort of romance between waking up at seven o'clock in the morning to watch team canada play the states or russia or something like that which is what we got in 2014. yeah most definitely um uh off topic here but like uh 
John Tortorella isn't re-signing in Columbus. Just got announced like two hours ago. He's a good coach. I mean, yeah. he has he has his ways. You know what you're getting with him. He's not changing, no matter how much, no matter how many times he says he's changing, he's not changing. Um, but I think if you really want to send a message to your players, similar to one that the Leafs wanted to do when they extended Carlisle, it's like you could bring in a guy like that for a year or two to get the rebuild going. Like, I mean, like it, it's hard for me not to make everything about the Leafs, right? It's hard for any Leafs fan not to do that. But it's like watching Babcock in his first couple of years here, you know, it ended the way that it did. But I'm not going to pretend like the first couple of years weren't good. Like they weren't promising or anything like that. If a coach can come in in the short term and help you get the most of guys like Babcock did with Riley and Kadri and a couple of others guys that ended up sticking around. um, I I think that he can still be useful somewhere. It just has to be with, um, the right front office, someone that understands him and is willing to put up with him. Um, and there definitely is a fit for him in the league because he definitely cares. You can't, you can't accuse him of not caring. He might right? care was, the it most. The, was it the first year Babcock got there? They had that first round against the Capitals? Yeah. Yeah. They, no, that no, was, no, 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 no. That was, that was, uh, that was, that was the second two? year. Yeah, that was, was it the was second year. year? Yeah. But like that, that, that was during the Babcock era and they almost beat the Capitals. Yeah, I feel like that, they almost did. They that was my did. favorite Leafs playoff series. Like, Such a fun one to watch. As an outside fan who didn't care about either teams, like I was drawn into that series. Because like as a Vancouver fan, you kind of just close your left eye and then your right eye, and that's how you watch Canucks games simultaneously. <laughs> that series hard. was so stressful. Yeah. But it was uh, like, I mean, it's like... There's there was things to like about him, definitely things not to like about him. But I'm not going to say that the Leafs um, weren't better um, for having him for at least a year or two or three, you know. And I think the same can be said for John Tortorella. Eventually, he he overstays his welcome, and you, you got to move on from him. But I'm not going to pretend like what he was able to do with like they they dethroned the Lightning the one year, and they were the underdog um, against the Leafs. And they stuck to their game and they won. So it's like, you can't, you you can't discredit him as a coach. I don't know. Maybe you want to talk about him as a person and his tactics and stuff like that, but his team on the ice, he gets the most out of his guys. Well, definitely that, that whole team is just ran differently than the rest. Like they loaded up for that playoff series when they took down the lightning and then like they're not strapped with any of that cap that they brought in. Like they made really smart deals to gear up for that playoff run. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the, what they do now because everyone just keeps leaving. That's what it seems like. Like right when you go all the way back to Rick Nash, their stars always leave. What do you do? Old. I don't like I like I remember like Dangle talking about it on his podcast and stuff like that. And he was basically asking that same question, like, what do they do? And it's like, I, I don't know. You got to You got to throw money at guys, I guess. Like what? Like, we'll never know what happened yeah. with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like we just we'll, we'll never know. He just stopped wanting to be there. If it was if it was torts. I mean, I guess we're going to see a difference next year. Right. You would hope so. Yeah. My you question through all this, my question through all this is if Line A's like consideration for signing there changes with Torts gone. 
I mean, they're all professionals, right? Like everyone wants to watch hockey and they remember it in, in their days, in their youth, um, you know, playing minor hockey and whatnot with your friends. But this is this is a pro game and guys, um, I mean, like Line A, he still is going to be an RFA, right? He doesn't have uh, too many negotiating rights. Another team could throw out an offer sheet or something like that, but we know that's not going to happen because uh, it never because it never does. Um, Mark Bergevin. Yeah, unless you're Mark Bergevin, and even then, it's soft as hell, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it, <laughs> it's um, I I I I think he would have resigned there, torts or no torts, just because if you're looking at him, um, he's got a label on him, much like Taylor Hall did, right? Where he's just he's not worth as much as he should be, even before coming to Columbus, he had. I don't maybe I'm wrong on it. And, and, and if I am, don't be afraid to call me out on it, guys. Like, 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 we can definitely have some arguments here, but I would put those guys in the same boat kind of thing. Like he has as much to prove as a guy like Taylor Hall did. Oh, I think so. And it's like, I think he got a know. half, half-assed fair shot in Winnipeg. And I think guys like Shifley and Wheeler who have absolutely terrible attitudes and they're terrible defensively and they mask it with their amazing offensive talent. I think it just didn't fit because of who is on the jets. Cause you put lining on the jets and like, he's, he's going to do better than what he's doing in Columbus. He's on a totally different mindset of a team. Line A benefits from playing on a team like the Jets, but the Jets don't benefit from Line A playing on them because they already have what he does. They have it's, goal scoring and Kyle Connor and Mike and Mark Shifley, and they have their their force in size and Blake Wheeler and guys like Logan Stanley now. And before that, Bufflin was on the team. Like they, it's just a weird spot. And to me, the Jets were too good to be drafting where they were drafting when they drafted Line A. They just were lucky enough to fall that low it's See, tough it, with line because they compared him to Ovi. they said he was the next yeah. Ovi, and he's never ever been remotely close to being the next Ovi. why can't he be this patrick line uh, that's the nhl for you they compare everybody to everybody yeah i mean comparisons is, uh, that's how you get views in in in, in, in a pan right yep. but i mean it's interesting brandon that you brought up dustin bufflin Right. I think that Dustin Bufflin was a guy that really reigned in that dressing room because I think he doesn't care. Right. He Mark Shifley, he, he did. He walked away. But Mark Shifley, um, Blake Wheeler, it sounds like those guys have a very clear mindset of what they care about and what they place value in. But I don't think Dustin Bufflin did at all i think he just didn't care he showed up and he's like no we're gonna do what we need to do and we're not gonna worry about all that other stuff and ever since the jets have lost him i don't know they seem a bit like a leaky ship like we're hearing more things about them um yep. patrick line started getting bad mouthed uh, we, we started hearing more things about like line wanted to play with shifley but i don't know if shifley wanted to play with him um I don't know. Maybe the guy that was reigning in all those different personalities left, and that's what you're left with. I guess it's tough with Bufflin, too. Their biggest criticism with the Jets is their defense sucks, and he was a staple on that decor, even going back to when they were in Atlanta. You take away him, and yeah, Stanley might be great. Pionk might be great, but they're not there yet. 
no hey uh sorry to kind of cut in here but uh we got like three minutes left on this uh, particular recording so i'm just going to give a quick shout out to our sponsor at the mina in erica falls thanks for the sponsorship dan all right and we're back uh zach you said you had a question for steven i do who in your opinion who is the best player in the nhl currently today it's Connor mcdavid <laughs> it's Connor mcdavid it's hands down him like I saw an argument on Twitter earlier saying that the Penguins won the most difficult division in the NHL, and What's because won the division, they won they won the East Division. I think that they're in. I think that's what they're deciding to call it this year. Um, and, and, and I saw and I saw the argument saying that because they won that division and Crosby was their best player, that Crosby deserves the Hart Trophy, and um, Mike Sullivan deserves Coach of the Year. And I'm just like, no, no. Did, did, did we not all watch the guy get 100 points in 53 games just last night? <laughs> it's not, it's not, it, it, no, it's not even close. It's Connor McDavid. I knew, I knew he was going to light up the Canucks this series. Yo, can you imagine yeah. he scores four points, three more games in a row and has 112? Do and they he's play at, him? Like, can you imagine that two points a game for an entire season in 2021? No, <laughs> like oh my god it's crazy and like zach was saying the, the other day he's had 11 games where he hasn't scored a point this yeah, year three of those are against the leafs in a and, row and three of them are against the canadians if yep. he if he even plays i'll be surprised if he even plays to, to me i'm the coach you got your 100 points sit down because i want you to get that cup too you're right, but I don't think McDavid will allow it. He'll be like, nah, I'm no, I'm going on the ice. I know. It's, I don't know. It's, it happens in basketball throughout the entire year, but that's because, like, like I coached, I coached a student-teacher basketball game, and I just wanted to play the basketball players. And I quickly realized that I can't make them run for that long and do all that. So I, I see it. NHL – you can have why can't you apply that reason where it's like they're physical they're actually physical where it's like they get beat up on a nightly basis mcdavid not so much because you know like you can't catch the guy he's like the roadrunner out there yeah. but i just sit like sit down maybe maybe just the last game of the year take the last game off because like i don't want the bad aura from the last time mcdavid played the last game of the year and snapped his patella yeah, a uh, fun little fact here. So we're from a small town, like 4,000 people, uh, northern Ontario called Yerka Falls. Uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because as a kid from here, he played in the OHL, Brody Silk. And he said in, he played like McDavid quite a few times, but one of my other buddies was watching the game and he told him, hit McDavid tonight. And that's what he tried to do for the entire game in the OHL. He could not touch him. There wasn't even like a, like, a second or close to touching him the entire game. And Brody was a player like Brody could play hockey. Couldn't touch him. He was the captain. He was the captain captain of the Sudbury Wolves. Most uh, notable thing of his career was uh, absolutely destroying. I think it was Ryan Strom's face and getting suspended for a sucker punch when I don't know if you can classify a sucker punch when both players have their gloves off and in a hand position to fight, but it's kind of what happens when you knock out a Strom in the OHL. Fair enough. 
Yeah, no, uh, he, he just couldn't touch him. McDavid's incredible. He's the first player since 95, 96 to have 100 points in 53 games. He was born in 97. He's the only player in his lifetime to do it. One That's of only ridiculous. nine all time in the NHL. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, in a league where clearly there's a lot less scoring nowadays. So it's it's a whole different ball game. And yeah, he's incredible. All uh, right. So you, can I ask this question quick, Danny? Yeah, go for it. You said you're who you think the best player is. Who's your favorite player currently? My favorite player currently, well, I get to watch him every single time I watch the Leafs, and that's Austin Matthews. But I'm going to put him in a tie with Mitch Marner. I'm going to put him in a tie with Mitch Marner just because, and my reasoning for that is not all the goals are everything like that. Well, I mean, that that's partly the reason why, but it's just like being able to watch him go from where he was in his rookie years, 16, 17, and him and Mitch together, not playing together, uh, but on the same team. Um, and where they are right now, they've improved every single year. And I just, I love that. It's it's so visually appealing to watch them make a play that they couldn't make last year or they couldn't execute um, in, in previous years. And it's just like to see them both playing together because they had a coach that wouldn't play them together, especially. Um, to see them both do it together is is awesome. So they're my my two favorite players to watch. And it's just like, you see them chatting on the bench yesterday where they were drawing up like a set play for the face-off. And, you know, they're they're really animated. They're getting in on each other about it. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this, you're going to do that. And they execute it. And it's just like, that is, it's so awesome to see those guys realize their potential together. Because it's just like, I have a picture on my wall from the 93 playoffs. It's uh, Dougie and Clark. And it's just like, if you're a Leaf fan, you know the picture. You can close your, your eyes and you can see the picture because everyone's got that picture somewhere. Um, yep. And it's just like seeing that picture every day I walk by it and seeing those two sitting together on the bench, I'm just like, that's our duo. That's our duo. 100%. Uh, so I noticed on YouTube, like you do a lot of videos about jerseys and stuff too. So how many jerseys do you have in your collection? In my collection right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, there's over 20 of them right now that are, that's in my personal collection. That's cool. And you flip them too? Like, is that what you do a little bit? Like I noticed you sell some of them. Yes. So what I'm doing is I'm scouring all of, cause like, I'm, I'm cheap. I'm, I'm just going to be hundred percent honest. I'm, I'm yeah. cheap. Like you guys got all the memorabilia in the background too. You know how expensive all this stuff is. Yep. And it's like, to me, I can't justify it in my brain spending, um, as much money as I would, I guess need to, to have the collection that I do. So I tried to figure out a way to get them, but without actually spending any money on them. So over the last year and a half or so, I have been, I am on Facebook marketplace. I am on Kijiji. I am on eBay and I am waiting in the weeds looking and it's because it's like, okay, well maybe that's, that's not a a nice way to put it. I don't want to make it look like I'm, um like doing anything shady or anything like that but there's a lot of people that they get them as gifts they get jerseys as gifts and um they don't they don't know the market on them or there's a small stain in it and it needs to be cleaned out and i'll pick it up um for cheap and then i'll clean it up i'll do give it a little bit of tlc i'll give it a nice little iron or whatever it needs take some nicer pictures of it and i'll make 20 bucks on it and you do that over the course of a year and a half or so 
um, and you get lucky a couple of times and eventually it adds up. For sure. I get it. I, I run a store called DJ's Collectibles and I literally sell hockey memorabilia and stuff like that. So do you collect anything outside of jerseys? Right now? No. Like I've like I've really wanted to get um, some nice pictures and stuff like that as well. But it's like all the wall space that I have here in the basement is dedicated to jerseys. Like it literally wraps all the way around the entire basement. Could I is would it be too much to ask you to show us or? Uh, it's a, a little bit, uh, it's a little bit messy right now. I'm, I'm going to okay. be honest with you guys. <laughs> All right. No problem. Um, when this is done, I'll get you to send me your address and I'll send you like a little care package. Some, a little surprise for you. Well, thank you very much. You, you definitely don't have to do that. No, Danny I just want is to. One of the most generous people I've ever met here. He's not going to take no. Bro, I'm a co-host <laughs> of this podcast. Where's my care package? I gave you a, a a game used signed Daniel Alfredson stick from his rookie year. That's a good point, Daniel. That's a good point. He gave me, he gave me a signed gray picture. You got me there, Daniel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that stick's worth like a thousand bucks. So, <laughs> um, but no, it's it's definitely it's gone to another level. Like where, like the reverse retro jersey that's hanging in the background, that is a Rasmus Sandin team issued jersey. So he didn't wear it but in the case that he was going to be on their roster that jersey was issued to him and the Leafs sell all their stuff off at auction and they go for absolutely crazy prices and if anyone wants to know how much you paid for it it is readily available on the real sports auction thing but it is something that I definitely would not be able to justify without doing all the nitty-gritty collecting stuff like I've driven from Toronto to Guelph to pick up a jersey before just because that's how good of a deal it was Yep. Oh, I get it. I we live in Yorka Falls, about eight hours from Toronto, and I drove all the way up there to pick up a hockey card collection one time. So, I mean, I get it. <laughs> the price is right. You got to go get it. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um. Uh, okay. I had a question, but I lost my train of thought. You guys got a question? Yeah. Uh. What are your thoughts on the uh, the Canadian division as a whole this year? And during that, if you could chime in on the Canucks and your thoughts on them this year. The Canucks, I mean, like Canucks fans generally don't like Leaf fans or fans of other teams and stuff like that. And it's, you know what? I, I understand. I completely understand it. Um, uh, but the Canadian division as a whole, the way that I've looked at it is um, I'm not going to feel bad that the Leafs are in it. And if you're a team that's in a playoff spot in the Canadian division, if you're a fan of one of those teams, I wouldn't feel bad about it either. But especially if you're a Leaf fan, I mean, Jesus, one year where we don't have to go through Boston and Tampa Bay. I'm like, I'm not feeling bad about that. No, no, it's no, I'm not. I'm not feeling bad about that. Are you kidding me? Um, it, it, it may it may be a little bit on the weaker side, but then you can argue that it's not because the guy who's got 100 points in 53 games is playing in it. The reigning Vesna Trophy winner is playing in it. The reigning Hart Trophy winner is playing in it. One of the greatest goal scorers in the entire league in Austin Matthews is playing in it. So it's like, it's you can't fault it for not having skill. So I've I seen a lot of things about, you know, people saying Matthews wouldn't have the, like as many goals had he been playing just in the entire NHL. But this year he had posted... Uh, 40 goals in 49 games, but last year it was 40 goals in 55 games. And in my opinion, Matthew's got a lot better than last year. So it makes sense. Like, I don't think it's, it's, it would be much different. It's like, look, like my face is always a little bit red. 
Um, but doing doing a video like last year or so, like we, I, I could visually see my face getting redder and redder as I was doing it, as I've come to the realization that it's like, I don't buy into that argument at all that if Matthews is playing in like the regular division, he wouldn't have as many goals as he does now because last year he was literally, or yeah, last, last year he was literally on a team coached by Mike Babcock that refused to play him and Marner together and that refused to play offense. So it's just like, I, no, I don't, I, I, I don't buy that at all. Agreed. Yeah, I, I've en- I've enjoyed the Canadian division. Like I I don't really care what division's the strongest, weakest. The way I see it is, once you hit playoffs, it really doesn't matter where you finish. It matters is can you beat them four times in a seven game series. And that's why I'm not too hyped over the Canadian division title or whatever it is, right? Like I yep. want to like it doesn't really mean anything if you don't come out of that division. If they come out of it, yeah, it's it, it's forever bragging rights because they're not doing this mm-hmm. again. And, and you asked me to touch on the Canucks and just quickly because I don't want to go too long or take up too much time, but um, it's hard. It's it's really easy for me as a Leaf fan to just go like like haha like kind of like kind of laugh like pre pre obviously what happened to them like obviously like if 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 you're laughing at them now uh, I don't think that that's fair, um, but. Um, it's easy for me to look at them and just like not care, I guess, or not really appreciate their struggles, but it's just like, it's, it's frustrating for me as a hockey fan, because I just want all the teams to be as good as they possibly can be. And it's just like, it's hard to watch that team have so much talent and so much skill and constantly shoot themselves in the foot. I was never aware of the Leaf Canuck fan feud until I'd went to uh, a Leafs game. It was Leafs Canucks February 29th last year, shortly before COVID existed. Literally, and before. I I was wearing this jersey, and I'd sat between two Leafs fans, and, and they ended up being really nice guys. But the whole time, it's like, don't stand up if the Canucks score. They're like giving me tips. They weren't hassling me. It's like if they score, just sit down. Don't stand up. And then I'm like, why? It's like I I watch games like people get up when their team scores in this building all the time. He's like, yeah, but if you're a Canucks fan, don't do it. And it's like, wow, really? And I, I don't really care. I want all Canadian teams to be successful because I'm Canadian and that's who I want to watch. I can't believe you didn't stand up. <laughs> I would have stood well, up. Well, we scored, we scored once. We scored once or twice. I stood up when Matthew scored that game. Okay. But I, mean, I didn't we, – we scored once, and it wasn't even a nice goal. I honestly – I it took me, like, two seconds to realize, like, oh, they scored. And I was like, yeah, I'm not getting up now. Fair enough. <laughs> I hate almost every team in the Canadian division, so I don't care how any of them do. <laughs> it's always, always awesome to just have the one guy on the show that just is nuclear all the time. Oh, like, oh, he just yeah. comes I, in oh, – I, I, I don't care, guys. There's 31 <laughs> teams in the NHL. I like one – I can stand three other teams. That's it. And Everyone Vegas else can. Is, Vegas is one of them because they haven't been around long enough. Vegas. To find something to hate. Winnipeg and Ottawa, I'm like borderline, don't care for. They're like, eh. But other than that, it's Vegas, okay. And then obviously Washington. The rest big of the Bruins Metro fan. slash East Division could go away. Pittsburgh and New York. Fan oh. Huh. oh, yeah. Yeah, we did a video on the Tom Wilson, you know, whole situation over the last week. Tell them what your intro to that video was, Zach. You're the reason our, our retention for that video is like a minute. 
Yeah, he just came up. Tom Wilson is the best player in the NHL. Tom Wilson does not deserve to get suspended. Tom Wilson. I can blah, imagine blah, blah, blah. the people that heard that and immediately just put their phone. Down. I was like, nope. Not oh, yeah. They're just like, oh, these guys are dumb. These guys are I dumb. I said Panarin and Buchnevich were fully at fault for what happened. I said Tom Wilson's never done anything bad before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, hey, when you're feeling as passionate as the are sometimes you're gonna have moments like that. Like, I mean, was, like, admittedly, well, he like, was joking. Oh, he was okay. joking, but people aren't gonna understand that. No, watching no, no, for the no, first no. time, right? So yeah, it was. It was uh, I mean, it's okay. I make jokes on my channel all the time that don't go over well, or people don't find funny at all, and I'm just like, all right, fine. I didn't <laughs> care. It's cool. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> off topic, I want to give a shout out to Anze Kopitar for being the first Slovakian player to hit a thousand points. It's a pretty big Slovenian deal. player. Slovenian is that actually the term? Yes. Okay, my bad. I failed He's geography. From Slovenia, not Slovakia. <laughs> um. Uh, also, uh, what's you guys take on the Rob Brindamore situation? Have you heard about it at all? Yeah, a little bit in passing. Like, he's basically saying, like, look, I know you guys want to resign me, but I can't be me without everyone else. So you're going to get everyone. Oh, he did? Yeah, he did signed he? a three-year deal, $1.8 a year. This, this broken like just live on the Chicken right? Tenders podcast. Oh, this happened yesterday or the day before. Okay. All right. Well, oh, I know you lied to me. There, it's solved. He signed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he I mean, took a way smaller contract than... He probably could have got. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which is, I mean, hey, good on him. Like, like a lot of other outlets are pointing out, he doesn't really need the money. He needs the support staff around him, um, and he'd be exactly. stupid not to. But also, that that what's what's his name? Tom Dundon is that the owner in Carolina? Something like that. Uh, it doesn't matter. So. It doesn't matter. Whatever. The the owner the owner in Carolina uh, he hasn't really uh, gone over well with fans since since taken over. Like between um, the announcers, all the cuts. Um, I mean, the team is great, right? But um, I mean, good on uh, Rod the Bod or or whatever you want to call him um, for sticking up for himself there and doing what he needs to do. To me, 100%. it just when you get a $7 million contract as a coach, that's like an old dry wooden throne with a fire smoldering under it. When you get that much as a coach, because the minute your team's not looking successful, the first set of eyes is going to, all right, why are we paying you this much money for this result? And it's just, it seems like it's a whole lot easier to remove that element from the team's media and just the media is not going to go to rod. He's, barely getting paid he controls the staff they are successful now it just goes down to are the players going to do what the rods taught them to do i like the hurricanes i'm excited for their playoff run this year <laughs> aren't they first in their division like yeah they don't, don't, division. don't they have a real and, like shot at winning the president's trophy yeah i think and so. this brings an interesting little thing where the last time the Hurricanes won their division, they won the cup, but they might win the President's Trophy too. So they're tied with Vegas at the top of the league, but Vegas has a game in hand. Okay. Okay. Man, if Vegas wins, that's crazy. Vegas they're such a good team so fast. I was actually really at the first bad. Leafs in Vegas game in Toronto, which was really cool. I was sitting beside Marner's parents. <laughs> ironically the whole game like Marna's dad was right beside me and if I 
you know, when you're watching hockey, you just yell shit. Right. And every time I'd yell something, he'd yell the exact same thing. <laughs> so it was like in sync and we just kind of look at each other and I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was kind of cool. I didn't know like it was nice Marner's guy? dad. So, uh, he did. He really did. He, but like, I didn't know it was his dad up until, well, I thought he was throughout the game. Cause he kept referring to like, everybody on the team by their first name it was like oh yeah matt yesterday at supper we was uh, speaking about like matt martin matt yesterday at supper blah 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 and i'm like this guy's gotta be you know somebody then they kept referring to mitch as mitchell yeah and he was pissed that at the time marner only had like six minutes on the ice after two periods and he was fuming (laughs) well that's his job right oh yeah for sure but uh yeah you guys got any more questions um did you see Lucic waived his no movement clause for the expansion draft? Really? Yeah. I did not know that. So that he was... waived it without the team asking to my knowledge so they could protect more people. Obviously, he's not expecting to be taken in the expansion draft though. Of course. Which uh, that's I a hefty contract, either. yeah. Yeah. For Lucic. But he has been having a pretty good year, like don't get me wrong, I just don't think anybody's taken on that contract. Oh, God, no, especially since there is a no-movement clause on it. Yeah, oh, so it doesn't stay waived if he gets moved? To my knowledge, no. That's interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting deal where, like, they couldn't even put him to the AHL or anything, right? He was, like, stuck in the NHL no matter how he performed. I believe so, yeah, because it's a full no-movement, not no-trade. Okay. Yeah, when they made the trade for Neil or whatever, that was, like, a big topic on it, right? Yeah. That's why no movement clauses are dumb. They seem to be under standard, like now. Oh yeah, them or a no or a modified no trade. They're yeah. It's in every big contract. It's security for the player, player though, right? Yeah, he yeah. just he doesn't want to go unless he's like he just wants to say like like no player is ever gonna go like no you're not trading me because who wants to stay where they're not wanted? It's just they want a say so that they don't get shipped to. I mean, they've kind of turned it around now, but like a dumpster fire, like Detroit, where it's like Buffalo, you're Verana and you go from I'm playing playoff hockey this year to, well, now I'm not. Why? Why you have to bring that up? Because he's playing phenomenal. Verana's on fire. Let's not talk about it, guys. I'm going to cry. You know what, Zach? It's okay because Mantha playing amazing with you guys as well. Yeah, but I miss Verana, Braden. I know. I miss him. I'm not even a Capitals fan. I get old school vibes from him in a Detroit uniform. I was watching his uh, highlight package with Detroit so far this morning on SportsCenter, and he just looks so old school. Like, I don't know. Verana or uh, Manta? Verana. Manta. Manta's oh. just a big body. Like, he's just a bully. <laughs> yeah, that could score. He's a beast. Uh, Coach of the year, Jack Adams. The current nominations are Dave Tippett, Mike Sullivan, Joel Quenville, John Cooper, Cassidy, and Rob Brandemar. And to me, my pick this year, I, I'm going with Joel Quenville. Yes. Florida as a team is playing great hockey. Like, it's not like they're playing over their heads and they're hot. They're playing good. Like, it seems like they have a really good system and that they've all bought into together. Yeah, Quinville is one of the best coaches of all time. So, 
that makes sense. But yes, I do agree with you that he should probably win it this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, people expected Florida to be good, but not this good. Yeah, like they last year, I expected last year. Them to be good, and it didn't happen. Minute, who's so. Minnesota's coach? Mm, I forget his name, but whoever's he, there is there because Brenda Moore actually. Brenda Moore, when he was working out a deal with Carolina, he went to Minnesota and negotiated a whole contract. Or actually, I think I'm mixing this up with their GM. But he went to Minnesota, basically negotiated an entire contract, and then went back to Carolina and said, here, this is what they're offering me. And Carolina went, okay, and then they signed it. Dean Everson. Yeah, that guy should definitely be nominated for the Jack Adams, too. Nobody thought they would be as good as they are. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't put that all on Kaprizov. Like, he alone didn't turn them around that much. No, for sure an element not. that they were missing. Yeah. They also definitely did good at decent value in Cam Talbot. I mean, he, he's played pretty well for them, too. But, I mean, Minnesota's known for making their goalies look better than what – they are so well, I, 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 I don't know like I, I i don't know what that is if that's them defensively if that's their systems if that's their if that's their goalie but they definitely do have something good going on there well if talbot hasn't worked out they've been able to fall back on kakinen exactly Who he I was on fire fantasy. to basically start the year right kakinen oh god yeah yeah and it fell yeah, off a little was. bit though right a little bit yeah talbot's played way more than he has too I'd say Kakinen normaled out more than he fell off because he hasn't yeah. put up bad numbers. He just put up less good numbers. Yeah, he started out on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like a 9 0 run or something early on. I don't mean to bring this back to Jack Campbell since we talked about him a little bit ago. I talked to Danny about this yesterday. Are you scared about this could be a flash in the pan kind of year for Jack? I mean, he was good, um, not the year that the Leafs traded for him, but the year before that. Um, he's a guy that's never really gotten his shot because, I mean, even in L.A., he was behind Jonathan Quick and between Cal Peterson. So it, it was – it's hard for – but then he comes over to Toronto and he's instantly um, just this really likable guy – um, in the middle of something that was really, really miserable last year. And then this year starts back up with Freddie Anderson and it's, it's not going so hot. And then Jack Campbell's able to come in and he's, he's injured, but everyone's, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, like th- they're taking notice of this guy. And he's like for like small samples and stuff like that. And I got to be careful of it. Um, especially because they use a lot of numbers. Um, but it's, it's over, 30 or so games of him playing in Toronto so far for his career. Um, at least I think so. Um, He's got 21 this year. I'm not sure. 21 this year. year. I think it was six last season. So okay. 27 games, 30. 27 yeah. games, 20, 27 games is not a, it's not a small sample, but it's definitely not anything to be conclusive of. I mean, we were just talking about the Panthers and another guy that's barely played NH. I'd be surprised if he's got over 50 games played in his career is Chris Drager, their goalie, or however you pronounce his last name. And he's putting up absolutely amazing numbers as well. Um, I mean, this year he signed for next season, Jack Campbell. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily 
call him a number one goalie right now, but I am comfortable calling him a one a 1A in a tandem. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they, if they have Riddick there with them or if they bring in somebody else, because I highly doubt Anderson's coming back. That, I have a funny story with David Riddick. So when the Leafs traded for him, um, I was just not having it. I was have was having like an off day or whatever it was. And I got on camera. It was like 1130 at night. I was tired. I just sat down to watch something on Netflix after a really long day. And I was looking over the numbers and I was reading the press release. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not happy with this trade. I'm just, I'm not happy with this trade. I don't want to do this right now, but I have to. That and was one of the only videos I disagreed with you on. I was like, what the fuck? I got on camera and I was like, I don't like this guy. And these are all the reasons why. And it's just like, but I was looking over because the numbers were not were not in his favor. And I did say harsh things in that video and stuff like that. And I look back at it and laugh every once in a while. But absolutely flamed for it. So Zach, don't, don't worry about your Tom Wilson joke or whatever like that. <laughs> I got absolutely flamed for it. But I think I figured him out. I, 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 I think I figured him out as I started watching him because he's got that nickname, Big Save Dave. So it's like he hasn't been because, he, OK, he's not he's not I'm not going to call him an amazing goalie, but I'm not going to call him a bad goalie either. He, he has stretches where he's really, really good. And then, Braden, you'll probably remember the, the stinker that he had against you guys. And it's just like he's capable of both. He's the swing in his performance is as drastic as you could possibly imagine it. He's capable of being big save Dave. And then he's capable of being a big, um, big uh, save Dave or whatever. Yeah, He's, he's basically just the Vancouver Canucks in a, in a goalie. He's so 50, 50 too, though. Cause there's no middle ground with him. He's either lights out unreal or he's Swiss cheese. I love Which, his new pads. I do too. I love his new Did pads. He finally get new equipment or did he just use like pad wrap basically looking like felix potfain pads new versions of them they look really sick i wish it would have been campbell rocking them and not him but they're really sick regardless but with him i mean i didn't like the third round like whatever it was the third round pick but yeah i'm on board with acquiring the guy who has the potential to be lights out right because if you're in a situation where you need to use him um i'd rather roll the dice and possibly get um big save dave right yeah he's also a more reliable option than somebody like venny vevelinen or joseph wall who's never played an nhl or michael hutchison who i stacked him up against in that video (laughs) michael hutchinson is the best third string goalie of all time uh i mean we had Garrett Sparks two years ago, so. <laughs> James Reimer has had quite the career since he's left the Leafs. I miss So Reimer. is Jonathan Bernier. The Leafs did him dirty, man. They did Reimer so dirty. Definitely miss that guy. But if, if you guys don't have any more questions for me, because I know we're kind of winding down here, but I, I have a question for you guys, and sure. it's a fun one, if you'll allow me to, to ask it. Of course, because it might it, it might it might get us in trouble with the listeners. That's okay. Fine. Okay. So no justification, no nothing. Who wins the Stanley Cup this year? Just shoot out a team. One team, no justification at all. On a countdown? Uh, sure. Like whoever wants to take the lead on it. I'm going Leafs. Danny's going Leafs. I have to. I'm gonna go last. 
You're going to go last? Okay, Zach, it's your turn. so torn. I want to stay Washington, but the Caps fan in me is like, no. I'm going Vegas gets their first cup. All right. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to say Colorado. Las Vegas. That's a good one, too. That's going to be a good third round, our second round series between those two in that division. Now, rather than, rather than justifying why we picked ours, I'm going to say why I didn't pick Colorado and the Leafs. I didn't pick the Leafs because the Leafs are going to leaf it. They leafed it against the Canucks when the Canucks came back. We talked, that was my first episode, a part of this podcast because our internet and anchor sucks. But I said it. I said, you want to believe that the Leafs are going to walk in here and kill them, but it's the Leafs, so it's not going to happen. Yeah, and I, I didn't pick Colorado. Colorado has been suffering this year from injuries, and I got that feeling that their goalies are going to go down again come round two or three. And if it happens, like, it sucks to watch because I want Mc- McKinnon and Rantanen and Landisog to succeed, but I just – I don't see it because of how long of a year it's been for them on top of how long of a year it already has been. So for me, I didn't pick the Leafs because I didn't want to be too much of a homer on the show. Right. Like I've already, like I already started the show off being a bit of a homer saying that John Tavares is going to win multiple cups here in Toronto. Um, But at the same time, the reason why I didn't pick them is I still do think that they come out of Canada um but other than that i don't have i don't have expectations beyond that right now because if they come out of canada we're in uncharted waters and nobody knows nobody knows it goes for every single division right now nobody knows what's going to happen in that third round because nobody's played anybody like they you could watch as many videos as you want but you're never going to know how good a team is until you face them i think you can kind of like see how you'll stack up against the team but probably the first period of every one of those series is going to be just like a, you do something, you do something. No, you yeah. do something. And then, <laughs> and, and then this, by the time the second and third period hits, um, we'll, we'll be able to see. So you have trauma coming out of the North. You have Colorado coming out of the West. Who do you have coming out of the East and the central? Out of the East, um, you don't bet against Sidney Crosby. So I am taking Sidney Crosby and the other division. I apologize. I'm not hundred percent familiar with all the divisions this year. Uh, the four playoff teams in the central are Carolina, Tampa, Florida, and Nashville. Dallas okay. could get in, but Dallas uh, is eliminated. Nashville clinched oh, last night. Oh, okay. Then yeah, there you go. Okay. In that division, I would say Carolina just because I want to see it. They're fun. They're fun. I take I'm I'm gonna take Nashville out of that one. Interestingly enough, I think Nashville is gonna surprise some people. Like I said, seven game series. Once it okay. comes down to playing the same team, it's different ball game. Hot take. All right, boys. Coming out. We got a minute left on here there, so we're gonna wrap this up. Uh Steven, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Yeah, uh, definitely dude. send me your address after this, and I'm definitely sending you something. Uh but yeah, no, thank you very much for coming on. It was a pleasure for sure. I mean, it was a little bit rocky off the start just because I, I do stutter. But after like getting into it a little bit and stuff like that, it was awesome with you guys. You guys made me feel yeah. really comfortable. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice guy. I get you back up to. eventually to hop back on. Yeah, oh, of course. I'd love to. Awesome. No, yeah, our pleasure, man. Thanks again. Uh, this was episode six of the Chicken Tenders with downtown Stephen Brown.